Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today, you'll be listening to a crossover episode from Housing Wire's Girl Funds podcast. In this episode, Realogy Franchise Group CEO Sue Yanacone talks about what women can do to better support other women and how she has created boundaries in order to create more balance between her work life and personal life. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. Right now, more than ever, the housing industry has been having honest conversations about how race impacts the home buying process. To heighten the discussion, Housing Wire is launching Honest Conversations, a new mini podcast series to examine the state of minority home ownership in America. For eight weeks starting in February, please join Housing Wire Daily each Wednesday as we aim to provide listeners with a greater perspective on how race, housing, and wealth intersect and what experts are doing to close the home ownership gap. We're thrilled for today's guest of Girl Funds. We have on Sue Yanacone, who is the president and CEO of the Realogy Franchise Group. She has so much wisdom to unpack in this episode. Excited to dive into the questions. But for a little bit more on her background, she oversees the franchise operations of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, Century 21, and ERA, as well as the franchise and owned operations Sotheby's International Realty in Corcoran. Prior to joining Realty, Yannicone has more than 15 years of franchise experience in commercial and residential real estate. And more recently, she launched the What Moves Her campaign, which I know is one of our questions later, which is focused on helping women in real estate develop their professional goals and leadership across the industry. That line right there is one of the reasons why we were so excited to talk to you, because it's kind of the heart of Girl Funds is helping empower people. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that even though you center and focus on like real estate professionals that will apply to really any female trying to grow her professional career. So to start off, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, not to always start off with the biggest question, but it's kind of a fun way to set like the pace of the podcast. But our first question starts off with like this big and bold question. But since we're so honored to have you on, we kind of broke it into two parts since we kind of wanted extra wisdom out of you. And the first part is, you know, this classic, like, what's the best piece of of financial advice that you've ever received? And then that second part, which is the heart of the campaign you started is like, what can women do to better support other women? So that's like the two parts of Girl Funds. 
Great. So um, thank you so much for having me. I think uh, you might laugh at the best piece of advice I've ever been given, but it was honestly, just because there's checks in the checkbook doesn't mean there's funds in the bank, right? So this idea of, you know, learning to live within the reality of your means. And, and that was both personally and professionally, I think, uh, carried with me my whole life. <laughs> I think that was from my dad. <laughs> That's a good one. And what about the second half of that too, which is like this practical piece of advice and then into like that deeper sense of wisdom, like what can women do to better support women? You know, it's such an important area of focus and, and one that I'm super passionate about. And obviously you are as well. Um, you know, women have to, I think, make room at, I call it make room at the table and make room in the conversation for other women. I think there's been a longstanding sort of protectionism you know, your arms wrapped around when you're when you're given the opportunity as a woman for a long time, there weren't a lot of other women in the room or there weren't a lot of other women's voices being added to the equation. So there was this, I think this like protective sort of space around yourself. And, uh, you know, one of the greatest things we can do for each other is um, open the door, make room, make space and actively pull out um, other women's perspective, other women's voices, um, and support them in that, as well as being very open to very different mindsets and perspectives and ways of, of which we approach things and do things. Um, you know, as a, as a young woman coming up in business, and I was a little older when I had a kid, but you know, there was a lot of judgment around some of the decisions I made. And, um, you know, I, I, I learned that I had to be very selective in whose voice I listened to and who's mattered in my decisioning process. And I think as women, um, we've got to be very supportive of every path every woman chooses and not put our own judgments and, and lenses on those things. I really like that idea of making space for others and others' experience and, and, I, I just think, you know, I'm in my 50s. And when I started uh, my career, there was so much judgment about whether you decided to have children, what you decided to do after you had children. It was, you know, it was called the mommy wars. And that's the way it felt. It felt like we were pitted against each other. Um, and I'm so glad that at, at least what I see now in this company and other companies, uh, it's so much different than that today. And I think that's so helpful. It really is. There's, there, there's a, there's a, a, a more, um, willingness to be open and accepting of all the different paths we choose. And um, while we still come up against some of it, and, and I certainly did as a, as, a, as a mother of a young one and traveling every week or other, every other week and going out of the country and doing all this, you know, my perspective was that's what the job requires. My daughter's healthy and my marriage is good. So I'm good, right? Like, and, and I think that there were many times people would say to me, oh, well, what about your daughter? Or... Oh, you know, I'm like, wait, you're the one who asked me to fly all the way over here and spend time with you. You don't get to pick both sides of this equation. And it was almost always the women who made those comments. So, you know, that's evolving and changing and really important. Um, and, and I think the more we can be uh, shine a light on that and be eyes wide open about how we lead and who we are and what makes the totality of us, the better off we're all going to be. I so agree with that. And also, you know, if you were a man, would they ask you that? And uh yeah you know, obviously no, right. That the answer is no. So, so interesting. Well, we'd love to learn more about your story in the real estate business. You were recently promoted to president and CEO of Realogy franchise group, and you're the first woman to hold that executive position, which is exciting. Can you walk us through your journey in commercial and residential real estate leading up to that current role? 
Yeah, I um, so I started in commercial real estate. I, I literally I went to college. I got a degree in finance with a concentration in real estate. So I was taking classes in college where I was appraising homes. I you know I I moved a lot as a kid, so I I think I had this in, in, ingrained sort of uh, passion around homes and houses and the moving process and the impact to families. Um, uh, through that. So I came out of college though, and I thought I'm going to go into commercial real estate because I'm not going to work weekends. That was kind of the, you know, the very young mindset of that. Right. So I got licensed and I went into commercial and I did it for a couple of years and I had some success, but I really wasn't super passionate about it. I just didn't love, um, that universe. I think you have to be um, I, I, I like bow down and have hats off to people that are exceptionally successful in the sales field, right? That get up every day and sort of fight for that, um, that, that business. So I moved over onto the owned, uh, the, the own, the corporate side of things. I did business and process risk management for a couple of years with a, a former, um, you know, uh, owned and, and, and mortgage company and, and franchise business. And then through that, I just took on a ton of different roles. I did. Uh, I worked in the legal department, uh, writing the franchise disclosure documents. I funny story. I got that job because I did a risk assessment of the general counsel for the company at the time, and he was sort of like, "If you have the audacity to tell me what I should be doing better, I want you to actually do it." Right. So um, I did that. I, I negotiated contracts. I became part of big M and A teams. I was part of you know, selling our company and then and then integration into the new company. I ran call centers and helped us. I mean, really everything I've done in my career, um, when I look back now, was kind of a stepping stone to this role. And uh, most recently, I spent three years on the owned brokerage side uh, within Realogy's owned operations of Caldwell Banker. And that brought me right back to those roots of the business that we're in and really understanding the boots on the ground, what, what today's agent goes through, what today's broker owner and office manager. And so, you know, it really, I think, puts me in a unique position to sit over all of these brands within the Realogy franchise group. And, you know, it's, it's 16,000 offices and 220,000 agents uh, and brokers, um, you know, in, gosh, I think it's close to, it's like 115 countries so the scope of that's really sort of, you know, it's large, um, but it's that to me, it's always bringing that back to that person on the ground that's selling that home and how we're impacting that consumer in that very personal transaction. So that's, that's kind of the journey, I guess, I've been on for 20 something years. That journey, though, is what I personally, I think the reason why I was so excited to have you on is there's so much like just the rooms that you were in and the conversations you've had and like the tables that you sat at kind of going back to your and Sarah's conversation, the negotiations, I feel like just growing um, is something as like, I feel like someone who's still young and her early in her career, who's soaking up the pieces of wisdom that you guys give to even figure out as we kind of go into life is why I love like the knowledge sharing and like the heart of girl funds, because those are the tips that I think we need. And even just your small comments about like, Oh, you know, like I want to watch my words when I'm talking to other females in the industry and not maybe say some things like, oh, what about your kids and stuff like that, that I maybe wouldn't even pause and reflect on. Um, kind of going into those stories is, um, I think I was reading about some of like in some of your Q and A's, like a question that I loved was like those defining moments that kind of have shaped you in your career, whether I would love to hear one, two stories, as many as you have, but like, <laughs> what would you say is a pivotal moment in your career that really helped get you where you are today and like kind of shaped it? 
Yeah, for me, it was um, deciding really to take control of my career. Um, a lot of those early moves in that first 15 years or so, um, other than the intentional move out of sales into a, a corporate job, um, they just happened to me, right? Now, it was very much, um, I'm, very, I'm a very driven person. Um, and I, I always have, have approached things with a sense of responsibility for the individual that puts me in that role. I have a strong, I almost forget about myself in that. It's all about delivering on the expectations somebody has of me and, and a huge responsibility not to let them down, you know, or let anybody that works for me down. I have, that's Maybe that's the mama bear in me in some way, shape or form. But, you know, it, there came a moment and it was after I had a child and after a sort of, maybe it was part of that as well, right, where I said, what do I want out of this, right? Where do I want to go? And, and how am I going to start owning those decisions? Because till, up until that point, it was about five years ago, every job just sort of rolled from one to another, right? The company was sold and I was part of a team. So somebody liked it. And so they said, hey, we want you to do this now. Okay. And I went and I did it, right? Um, and it, it opened doors and I don't regret doing it because I will always say one of the most important things to do is say yes to every opportunity, but there does become a moment in time where that can feel like, well, wait, where, where is this going? And, and what do I really want this to do? And I've been asked, have you woken up and, you know, did you always want to be a CEO? No, I just want to go to work and do a good job. But there was a moment where I said, hey, wait a minute. You know, I think I do want to do this. I want to surround myself in a company that does X, Y, or Z. I want, and so that, that intentional framing was very pivotal for me. Pivotal for me. It was then saying, okay, then out of this, and that's when I became and took the role. I left a company I was at for 15 years. I became a COO of a brand. Um, and then I said, okay, what do I want to accomplish out of this? Right. And then becoming very descript, very definitive in what I wanted out of a role so that it was very much, um, I felt more in control. And that to me is how I've ended up where I am over the last five years, which has been this other sort of sprint of, of opportunity and growth. What are some of the things um, when you were deciding, hey, I'm, I want to do what I want. Did you know what you wanted or how did you sort of look, look deep and go, what do I really want? Do I want this just because, you know, this is the next step or what do I want and how do you get there? It's a great um, framing, Sarah, because I think often um, we, we want things for the wrong reason. We want things because it's a title or it's a paycheck or it's a, you know, why do I want it? And there's soul searching that I believe, you know, everybody has to do within that because with those decisions come trade-offs and choices and, you know, decisions within your family life, within your business life, within your, you know, all of those things. And so for me, it was, I want, I know myself and I, and, and part of that's age, I guess, <laughs> I know myself better than I did 20 years ago, but I know that I want to make an impact. And I know that I want to be in a position to make the largest impact, both within our industry and with individuals, um, developing people, giving people that opportunity, you know, finding, I love developing talent. So where can I go in a role that is going to afford me the opportunity to give somebody else that next step? Where can I help? So for me, it was about what do I really want? What am I willing to commit to it? You know, there are moments where I sat back and said, you know, I'm good. Like maybe I don't need that next level because I'm tired or, 
you know, this is taking a lot out of me. And that's when I personally say, okay, what's going on, right? Maybe it's time for a change. Looking back at that list of things I wanted out of that role and saying, oh, well, maybe because I've done it all here and I'm ready for the next thing, you know, Um, because knowing myself and that I'm motivated by just constantly raising the bar for myself and others, you know, stepping away when I ever feel that may be my mindset, I know it's time to sort of elevate my game and and look for a change or an opportunity somewhere. I like that self-reflection and knowing, knowing yourself weight and, you know, enough to step back and go, wait a minute, why, why do I feel this way? This isn't normal for me. Normally I'm, I'm charging ahead. So if, if I'm not feeling that way, what does that mean? I love that. You know, let's talk about uh, what moves her. Uh, really interesting campaign. Uh, ha- tell us a little bit about that and how that came about. <laughs> Thank you for asking. What moves her is my unbelievable passion project um, that I didn't even know I had such a passion for, if I'm being totally honest. So, you know, I was sitting down a couple of years ago, or two years ago, it was 2019, the fall of 2019. And my, 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 my boss at the time, Ryan Gorman, um, who runs all of Cobble Bankers said, um, I need you to have a thing. What's your thing? I said, I don't feel like I need a thing. I have a job and I, you know, I'm really busy and I'm a mom and I'm this and I'm that. And he sort of knowingly chuckled because he was trying to get me to, that is my thing, right? I'm a woman in business and, and working through it all. And I have a lot to, um, I have a platform, I guess, that I could leverage in a way that I hadn't thought about before within our industry. And so I sat down and as is my style, I like called a bunch of women up in the company and I was just like, hey, does anybody want to help me on this? And they were like, yes, yes, yes. And then I'm like, I don't even know, like, do you have a day job? Like, I know you do, but you know, you're not in my reporting line. It was just this, because that's how I am. I'm very organic. I just pull from whomever I think wants to be part of something. And it was really for me about um, bringing to the forefront a platform, a series for women to get really tangible ideas, actionable items, and very honest and transparent Um, guidance on taking control of their career, leveraging people around them to elevate their career, um, breaking barriers and what that means. And I wanted to do it um, through a voice that was very authentic and very honest and, and transparent. And um, that's, that was the impetus of it. And, you know, we launched last January with a live event in Chicago and it was, it was great. We sold out. It was fun. Then we had COVID, or we still have COVID, but um, we pivoted and we went virtual. And I think it was the best thing that ever could have happened because we now were able to span the entirety of the country every month and bring both in industry um, and out of industry perspectives into the room. And I, I do feel just like you know we were talking about before uh, earlier, you know, having perspective outside of just our industry is really important. It is really important to understand how people, you know, view kind of the universe or their business or, you know, and hear a different voice and, um, you know, diverse voices around the room from any perspective for me is really important. And it's just been, um, I think I've learned as much from the women that I've had on as, as, um, you know, perhaps they've given to others. And, um, you know, I, I just love what it's turned into and I look forward to it continuing and evolving and um, really excited. We just did a two hour, maybe more than two hour digital breakthrough summit at the beginning of the year. And we integrated, you know, sort of working groups and idea sharing. And, you know, I, it's, it's a great it's a great thing that I'm super proud of. And I'm proud of the team that has helped me with it. 
That's exciting. Congratulations on that and launching that and then seeing it grow during COVID. That's that's quite the accomplishment because everyone in your business had an incredibly busy year. They were very busy, very busy. But you know what? What I heard a lot was, I love taking this one hour. We scheduled it. So it was the same time, once a month, same day. Same, and it was sort of like, I'm going to grab my coffee and I'm going to sit back and listen. We also recorded it so people could find it at other times. And that to me means there's real value in it. When somebody's willing to kind of dedicate the time and sit aside as, as you know, make space for that learning and that education, which is something I think is really important for all of us constantly on our journey. You know, we have um, many people, we're financial journalists. So a lot of people who listen to this are in either mortgage or real estate, but some people aren't, you know, we really want this to be a wide audience. Is there yeah. any advice that you think you could universally apply to anyone trying to grow their career that you've seen as, as you've gone through the What Moves Her? Sure. Um, and I love that. I think anybody who's trying to grow their career, become intentional about it. Like I would say, write down very honestly where you want to go and why. You know, there's no wrong in the why for it, right? Um, open yourself up to learning from other opportunities, whether they be in industry or outside of industry. You know, I, I belong to a women's networking group that has nobody from my industry on it, just so I can learn what other businesses are doing. You know, very important to understand how other companies are tackling, you know, digital transformation and change management and you know, shifts in margin pressures within the business or whatever that may be, um, you know, we don't have all the answers and, and no business leader has all the answers themselves. So, you know, make it a point to learn what's going on in the greater business society, if you will, and how these things are being tackled. I think read a lot about, about your business, but others that are approaching things differently because a unique way maybe sparked that could give you an edge. You know, if, if somebody in a different business line is leveraging, you know, whatever virtual tool, hey, how can I apply that? Always get creative. Make time to sort of blue sky for your business, right? Make time, which we always work so much in our business, you know, and you hear that saying like, make, you know, work on your business, make some blue sky time, sit down and, and just whiteboard what ifs and, and, you know, make that a part of your process because you'll push through and do things in a way you never thought you could. And that's, that's where the breakthroughs come. I think I'm going to steal that wording blue sky goals. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. We talk a lot about like <laughs> even just company goals, but like even your personal goals could form into that blue sky development. Yeah. Touching on time a little bit, this, I was going through. And I think one thing that was really caught my eye about kind of how you live your life or how you build out the intentionality in your life is you really create some, um, Think strong boundaries in your life when it comes to like work, work life balance, being a mom and wanted to just like one, dig into why you think that's so important. And then also just like for our listeners, I think to turn it into that practical piece is like, how do they go about like someone who's like nervous to set those boundaries in their life? Or like, maybe they don't feel comfortable enough to have those conversations with their boss or with their friends. Like, how can you actually set and like execute Versus being like, yeah, I know I actually should set boundaries. I haven't, but I probably should. And the importance of that. Uh, and, and the importance of it, I think, is greater today than ever uh, because almost all of us or a significant portion of us are home, right? And so the, the the boundaries are blurred across the board, right? We have unprecedented access into our homes. We have, you know, your commute is, for many of us, down the steps. And so it, it's become even more important to make those boundaries. 
I didn't always make them. Um, and I think that I've learned that to be the best me on all fronts requires those boundaries. Um, you know, you, you need to be, um, you need to prioritize you and you need to prioritize what matters to you. For me, that is my family, my daughter, right? My husband and work. I build in time in my calendar. That is, um, and I heard this somewhere else. I stole it from someone. They put purple blocks on their time, on their calendar. And they don't tell anybody what the purple blocks are for, but they know that it's purple because it's them time. And they don't schedule meetings. They put it in the beginning of the week and they don't feel an obligation. This is something I shared um, in, a, in a group um, with, with some of our next gen leaders uh, just before this call. You don't need to give excuses for taking me time. And not everybody needs to know that you're taking me time. We, we live in this environment where we think everybody needs to know everything we're doing and every why or whatnot. Like, how about just know I'm not available? Full stop, right? Full stop. Because that's, that's your prerogative. That's your life. As long as you are getting your job done, as long as you are delivering on the goals and the expectations of your leadership, that's very important, right? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the question on what the purple blocks are if the job's not getting done. You know, there's still business to run. I'm a business person. But um, it's really important. I'm very intentional about that now more so than ever. I block out time. I leave my phone during, you know, there's a basket. We kind of put our phones in at a certain time. Dinner time, don't, don't you know, unless there's something massive going on or that little ping that goes off that it's like, you know, the, the, the four alarm fire. Um you know, and I'm, I'm very honest about that. I try and make space to be 100% mom sometimes. And I also know there's a hundred, there's times I need to be a hundred percent at work. So I don't, I also, this is part of the honesty in my dialogue. I don't profess to say there is balance. I, I personally don't feel wholly balanced, but I feel wholly happy. And that's okay because I've learned to get comfortable in that this is the life I have. And, and I'm not going to be sort of Pollyanna about the reality. There are times I'm going to miss things or times I'm going to wish, I, but I never miss a birthday. You know, I never miss um, like tonight. My daughter has her first gymnastics competition. She's 10. It's virtual. Um, but, you know, so I'm going to have it up on my screen. But I said, I can't be at a meeting because I have to drive. I didn't even tell anybody why, but I'm driving my daughter to her meet. You know, so I said, I can take it on the, in the car. Or like, cause that's important to me. And, and as long as I'm fulfilling on the business side, I don't feel I have to really answer to that, you know, that time blocking. You know, who really, I feel like uh, paved the way there was Ariana Huffington with her whole idea of like sleep is important. And because, because I do think um, one of our, one of our employees calls it hustle porn where it's like, oh, we're all so busy. We're busy. We're busy. And that's your worth. And that's, and that's what you need to project to other people constantly. And the truth is like, you're not a machine. And right. if you want to do a good job at work, you have to take the time to really to rest. But uh, that's not normal for me. Um, and it's really difficult. It's probably been one of the, the most difficult things for me to, you know, just like you said, I don't know that I have balance, but as far as like what part of my life needs more, more, uh, attention, it would be, it would be the rest. It would be the sleep. And I think we have to be very in tune to ourselves. You know, um, I know when I'm about to burn out at all ends and I will be very candid. I, I was, there were years, a couple of years ago, um, much younger, younger baby, running, 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 super focused on my career. I never put myself first. And I got sick. 
And it was, um, you know, you sort of think like, what am I doing? You know, because so now I, I listen to myself a little bit more. I know when I have to shut down. And I also know that the world is not going to blow up if I go to bed at eight o'clock tonight. Right. Like that stuff is still going to be there tomorrow. And oh, by the way, I'm going to react to it better. I'm going to have a better a better solutioning sort of trajectory there if I do that. And we and, you know, self-care is not selfish. Right. And even if it is, that's okay to be a little selfish because I do believe and I encourage my employees to do that. All my teammates, because the best you shows up that way. Look, there's a balance, right? Don't be gone for five hours at a clip and not do your job. <laughs> there's a reality there. But I also do a lot of my great thinking when I'm running, you know, so I make time to do that during the day. And, and you know, everybody processes differently, but it is it is important. Sleep is important. And, um, you know, I have found sometimes the larger the job I get, the the more sleep I need, um, you know, it, because the the mind is just in a different place. It's true. And it's, it's not, we're not machines and um, you, but you know, I'm going to say we have to recharge, which is sort of an industrial way to, to look at it. But, but I do think that's super interesting. That's so great. Um, well, is there anything else you'd like to add and, and where can people follow you? Oh, people. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I don't do a lot of Twitter. Um, so you probably could find me there, but I'm not going to be active. I should probably take that down. Um, but you know, look, I, I think that, um, I love what you guys are doing. I love the idea of, um, women supporting women and providing, you know, sound advice and tips. Um, they won't all work for everyone. Um, but if there's a nugget that can help, um, but you know, in, in closing, I would say, uh, you know, kind of do you. And, and I think women should own their authentic selves as they're, they're running into any leadership, any business that they're starting. Don't start off trying to be something or someone you're not. It's too exhausting. So go, go in with you and uh, you can't go wrong that way. I love that final piece of advice. I focused on that. I think a lot in 2020 was like, just be you. Don't try to be someone else. Don't try to fit in the mold of someone else. And I think uplifting other females in that aspect of like, here are tips and advice on what we think works, but also mold this to your personality. So I appreciate, I mean, just coming from you, it means a lot to hear and just appreciate your time. There's so much that I think we covered here and appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Elsina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily as we wrap up this week's news coverage. As always, we like to remind you to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Have a great weekend and catch everyone back here again on Monday.